And welcome back, everybody, to the Flick Discussion. This is your host, Carter Clements. I'm here with your other hosts, Mike Fisk and Seth Young. Today, we're going to be discussing the movie Million Dollar Baby. A little background on this this movie here. It's um, It entails the story of a female. Her name in the show is Maggie Fitzgerald. She's played by Hilary Swank. Um, she was a girl who lived a poor life. She was definitely not a wealthy person at all. She has been working little jobs like waitressing since she was about 13 years old. And she finds her way to this uh, boxing gym where she starts to train and kind of grows a passion into boxing. Um, at this gym is where she meets uh, trainer Frankie Dunn, who's played by Clint Eastwood. And the movie throughout just kind of entails um, their relationship as it grows. And then later in the movie, it kind of transitions into Maggie and Frankie's relationship after Maggie is faces an injury that ends up leaving her paralyzed. Um, it just kind of, after that, kind of just, you know, shadows how Maggie kind of works throughout her life and the relationship with her and Frankie after the movie. I mean, after the injury. So we we can transition into learning about a few of the characters here. Uh, Seth has a is going to give you a little rundown on that. Yes, yeah, so um, the main characters in this movie are Maggie Fitzgerald, which she's the boxer, Frankie Dunn, who's the trainer, uh, Eddie Scrap, um, he's kind of, he was, um, under Frankie for a long time. Frankie, that was his number one fighter. And then, um, they actually grew a friendship and Scrap kind of takes care of the gym. So, um, and then, so we got Danger Barch, which he's the person who has autism. I would say autism. What would you guys he say? He has some sort of some mental sort disability. Of, yeah. Some sort of mental disability. We're going to say it's autism. Um... The fighter Billy the Blue Bear and um, Shawrell Barry. And then we'll slightly reference um, Maggie's um, mom and her sister. So um, we'll start off with Maggie Fitzgerald. So, like Carter was saying, very poor girl. She um, grew up in a trailer park in um, Kentucky. Very poor family. Um, did not say anything about her dad in the movie. I think that. I, well, think I think they, she I think did, they she, said something about her dad passing. Right? She she was very close with her dad from the sounds of it, from the stories that she would tell uh, Frankie. Yeah, so um, but her dad, she's older now, so she really doesn't have anybody because her mom and her sister kind of bully her and make her feel like she's never good enough for anything. So she's always working her tail off her whole life, working waitress jobs, working any job just to keep afloat. But the funny thing is, is that she'd still do anything for her family, anything for her mom, anything for her sister, even with how they treat her. So she's um she's very strong-willed woman, very um fierce competitor, and she's got a heart of gold because she'll never give up. Doesn't matter what you throw at her, she'll never give up. And um, she proved that in the ring and in the real world. And, and in the real world. So Frankie Dunn, um, I'd say at first um, he was kind of sexist with 
<laughs> kind of very very sexist with um about training um female fighters he's can't like train I, you. he's like i don't train female fighters i only train male fighters and he never references her as a woman yeah he, he references her as a girl yeah i don't train girl. girls he's like i don't train girls i train men and so um <laughs> that was kind of a funny part in the movie not really funny but like just like comical that he would actually say something like that you know because that has nothing to do with being able to you know what i mean be a boxer be a boxer so um frankie has this really good um really good boxer that he's been training for a long time he's i think they said he was undefeated it was it was big willie He's a world-class fighter. World, world-class fighter. Um, Frankie never thought that he was ready for the big fight. And um, Big Willie ended up getting another manager and leaving Frankie. But the reason Frankie holds on to that is because he did that with Scrap. And it cost Scrap his career because he kept going in the fight and he ended up losing his eye. So um, I think Frankie carried that on into his managing career with managing his fighters. And Big Willie really was ready for the fight a long time ago, for a year, like years before. But Frankie kept on saying he wasn't ready, but really he was. It was just, it was just he was scared for something bad to happen to um, Big Willie. But Frankie, like I was saying, very sexist guy. Um, but he, the whole thing happened with Big Willie. Big Willie came to his house saying, "Hey, I'm not fighting for you anymore," pretty much. But did it very respectfully. Frankie's like, oh, well, screw me. <laughs> like, he was very, he was, you could tell he was upset about it. He went to the gym and he saw, um, he saw Maggie working on the bag and then they ended up slowly working with each other, working with each other. And then he's like, here's how it is. If you're going to fight for me, you do it my way. Whatever I say goes. I don't care what you say. If I say it, it goes, and that's how it's gonna work if we're doing this. There's gonna be you not going to, well at first he was trying to just get her, jump started, get her with another manager, so he didn't, cause he didn't really wanna be her manager at first, and then she saw, and then he saw her in the ring, and then he's like, nope, I'm her manager now. So um, he, um, they ended up growing a really close relationship, and it's very unique in the movie because Maggie and Frankie, like, they, I'd say they become best friends because Maggie tells Frankie, you're the only person in my life that cares about me. And I think that really hit home with Frankie and he's like, this girl really needs me. And I think it helped Maggie in her boxing career and I helped, I think it helped Frankie get more respect for women. <laughs> just, I think it overall helped him as a person, just kind of mm -hmm. made him a better guy. Yeah, because the deeper you kind of dig into the movie, the reason that he kind of, I don't want to say like, I'll say resented is the, I, the best word, for lack of a better word choice, uh, women is because he had a kind of a, deteriorate, a deteriorating relationship with his own daughter. So I think when... He, Terrible relationship, yeah. So he, talk. yeah, they didn't talk. And every time they tried to send, or he tried to send a letter, she would hit him with a return to return sender. To sender yep. So like, I don't know if that has anything to do with his like resentment of women, 
but I think that this kind of overall just increased like Frankie's humanity. Yeah, I, I can definitely agree with that one right there. And then, um, so we'll get on to Scrap. Scrap was Frankie's um, number one fighter of all time, I'd say. He had 109 wins. Um, he, I don't think he lost very many. I think he lost his last fight or something like that. He was an incredible boxer. Very Absolutely talented. stunning. Very talented. Very talented fighter. Um, you can tell him and Frankie... They have kind of a weird relationship, but um, Scrap respects Frankie because he's like, man, if I would have listened to Frankie, I would, I could have kept going with my career. And um, so Scrap kind of holds on to that. Scrap's kind of the protector of the gym, keeps after it, um, kind of gives Frankie some advice on stuff of what he thinks about stuff. Um, Scrap's very protective over a kid in the gym, um, Danger Barch, which he's the one that has a mental disability, and he always says that he's going to be welterweight champion of the world, and he always screams at the top of his lungs, very nice kid, very, very confident, it's just, he's got the best heart you could ever imagine, Danger does, very, very good heart, he, he really has a passion for boxing, um, so yeah, we'll start talking about Danger a little more. Um, he plays a big part in the movie when Sherelle floods the toilet and um, Scrap goes in to fix it. And he overhears Sherelle, which is kind of the gym bully, beating on Danger, just absolutely beating on him, beating on his face, wouldn't stop hitting him, hitting him, hitting him. And Danger's still standing, like still trying to fight him. And... um. Scrap goes off and he um throws Sherelle off him and he's making sure Danger's okay and he's like Danger it's okay it's only it's your first loss and he's like you're all right man you're you're gonna be welterweight champion of the world and it's just like kind of like a thing we all knew he wasn't actually ever gonna be welterweight champion of the world he was just saying that to make I don't know how to describe it but make Danger's um. Make danger feel better, I guess. Yeah, just kind of you know, like morale. Give him, yeah. some, give, give some morality. Give him a little optimism. Yeah. So, um, so pretty much, Scrat throws on the gloves, and he's like, "All right, Sherelle, let's see what you're made of." And Sherelle's like, "Oh, I get to beat up a bleep bleep word and a old." He person. says the R word. Yeah, he says the R word. And and an old man. And an old man. He's like this. He's like ESPN couldn't even write this, and so <laughs> Scrap comes right at him, hits him in the mouth. You know they're fighting, they're scrapping it out. Cheryl hits him with a few. Cheryl throws his big right hook. Scrap dips it, hits him in the kidneys, whops him in the face with the glove, and then gives and then gives him another right hand with his bare fist and knocks him straight out, knocks his tooth out of his mouth, and he's like. Get a job, punk. Let's him know how it is. Old school lets him know how it is. So that was a that was a big turning point in the movie. like for um just to show like disability in the movie, like about how you can overcome stuff, overcome adversity and that's what Scrap did for Danger. So they had like a unique relationship there. Now we'll get more into the more into the characters about um, Billy the Blue Bear. She was the baddest, most dangerous woman on the planet. 
Nobody messes with her. She wins. She's the dirtiest fighter in the game. She'll hit you while you're down. She'll hit you if you turn away. And you got to protect yourself at all times because she will do anything she can. And so um, her and Maggie, Maggie's winning a bunch of fights, and it comes down to the head honcho fight with her, and that was for the championship of the world. And, um, you know, Maggie is absolutely annihilating her. But she's just absolutely tearing her up the whole match, hitting her in the sciatic nerve just like um, – just like Frankie was telling her to do, she was tearing her up. And then um, Billy the Blue Bear didn't really like that too much. And when the bell rang, Maggie turned around, was going to her stool. And um, Billy the Blue Bear hit her with a right hand and knocked her down. And she hit her neck on the stool that was out because Frankie was getting the stool out so she could come sit. And um, it damaged her C1 and her C2 on her spinal cord and made her completely paralyzed. So that was very unfortunate in the movie, like to see that happen because it, it really ruined her life. It ruined her boxing career, ruined her daily function of life. And you know what kind of makes me mad in the movie is that they don't really tell you what happens to Billy the Blue Bear after that. And I hope that she is in prison for a very long time because she basically, she killed, she killed Maggie after doing that. She couldn't live a functional, happy life. She was getting bed sores. She couldn't even move her body. They had to amputate one of her legs. Mm -hmm. It was just not, it wasn't, it wasn't a way of life at all. And it's really sad to see that. And I think this is a good transition to our next focus here of our discussion, uh, which would be about the disabilities. I think that there is... Um, two well, main disabilities. Yeah, there's two main disabilities, but I think there's also two aspects of inclusion through, in this movie, too. So just to give a little insight on that, this movie, it helps show how to be, how to be inclusive to someone who is paralyzed. And then also, I think it highlights inclusivity like based on a gender role type thing. So boxing, the whole fighting um, area of sports today, it's kind of not one that you would really think about a girl, I guess you could say, when you think about the sport because most of the focus is technically on the guys in the fighting, like in the sports fighting world. So I think that incorporating a female or multiple females and showing that they can be, you know, big, bad, tough fighters, stuff like that. I think it's important to note when this movie came out as well, like what he's referencing, like now obviously MMA and boxing and stuff like that for uh, females, women, whatever you want to say is on the rise. It's definitely a lot more popular. But yeah. this movie came out in 2004. So like the... It was not nearly as common to have a female fighter as it is now. Mm -hmm. And I think it just also shows that, you know, girls can be tough too. And a good, a good point in the movie where you can see this is, you know, Maggie is working so hard in the, in the, in the gym and Frankie sees this and she, you know, asking him to train her, asking him to train her. And he says, no, I don't train girls. And then when he starts training her, he realizes, you know, she's a good fighter. She's tough. Like, Girls can do this too. I don't know, like, why I wouldn't ever train a girl after this. So I think, like, gender-wise, it's a really uplifting show to prove that, you know, girls can be tough too, and there's nothing wrong with that. 
and then obviously the next the next portion of the inclusiveness comes from the aspects of you know living in the same world as someone with a with that's paralyzed um yeah so it's definitely something that is not ideal for people because you know who doesn't want to have these body parts that they can't move um it's something that can be very i would i could see it as something that would be very depressing to live with all the time so i think the way that frankie starts to become more positive with maggie th towards the end of the movie is really important on inclusion um another another inclusive thing that i n noted throughout this movie was that Maggie's family was not always, you know, the most supportive of her. You know, like, Maggie bought her mother a house. She wasn't happy. Her mother wasn't really that happy about it because, you know, she was like, oh, what about my welfare? Because she um, illegally was collecting welfare for all this time for the money. And she was just kind of a real lazy person. Her whole family was like this. And then another, another thing that happens with their family was that when they find out that Maggie has now become paralyzed. They kind of come in and ask her to sign away all of her money and stuff like that to her family. And Frankie, you know, he was upset about this because they didn't want to take care of her. They just kind of thought she was like a dead bug, basically. They wanted her resources. They just wanted her resources. They didn't want to have to take the responsibility to take care of her. Which is sad because Maggie would have done anything to make her mother proud. And you could see that in the movie, and her mother just takes a big old crap on her, honestly. <laughs> like, it's terrible. Mm -hmm. Like, I couldn't even imagine if my parents treated me the way that Maggie's parents did. It would be absolutely... She Maggie never felt like she could be good enough for anybody except for Frankie. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the driving points of inclusion in this area of the movie, because Frankie's the one who steps up and says, you know what? Like, this is not how you treat somebody just because they may not be as helpful to you as they once were or that they could be. And I also think that it shows that you, you can't leave anybody behind. Um, you're only as strong as your weakest link in any aspect, any aspect of life, sorry. And I think by Frankie, you know, kind of stepping up and taking this role as, like, you know, a shoulder to cry on, a helping hand, it was just really something that opens you up to, you know, like, wow, I'm a lucky person to be able to do the things I can do. Uh, I should really take advantage of it and, you know, do some good for the world. And I think that's one of the reasons also that they made Frankie kind of play out to be like a grumpy, angry type of guy. He wasn't always too happy. Um, but towards the end of the movie, he was different. He was caring. A lot of heart. He was patient. He was kind. And that's really what you that's really what you have to have to you know be able to be there for somebody when they need you so in that area, I think it does a good job to you know tell people don't take stuff for granted and just you know do what you can to be there for people and to help out that's the only way that you will get a, you will get where you need to go in life and you never know maybe by doing that you will always have a helping hand from somebody else. Um, so with that, I believe that pretty much kind of wraps up the gist of this movie, the inclusiveness. Um, again, another really good movie. I don't think we've really had a bad movie that we've watched yet. Um, 
We just want to thank you guys for listening to the Flick discussion again and tune in for the next episode for the next discussion. Thank you guys, and that is all on the Flick discussion for today.